We are up to the Mishnah of Lamed Amid Aleph. So the Mishnah, so just to get us, in, you know, on the right page, there are a number of opinions regarding, let's say, a, um, a responsibility for a boy. You put something out there that can cause damage. So according to some opinions, you're only responsible for boyer if it's ownerless. You put it out in the main street. You're mafkir, you're nuzakim in the main street. But if you retained ownership of it, and all around it is you know public access, but you retained ownership, then it's not boyer, says Rav. That's shoyer. And that follows those, uh, that, that opinion of the Tana that says that boyer is only if it's in the main street. But if you retain ownership, it's no longer public. Shmuel says that even according to that Tana, if it's in the street, it's Boyer. But also, um, even if you retain ownership and people have access all around it, it is Boyer. And Rav says, no, if you retain ownership, it's not Boyer. That is what we call Shoyer. It's your possession that is causing damage. And the difference is whether we name it Shoyer or Boyer is fundamental. Because if it's Shoyer, then if you sully somebody's clothes, you damage their pots and pans, you have to pay for it. But if it's Boyer... We learned by Boyer that you're not responsible for kalim that, that are broken. Okay, but there's another time that holds exactly the opposite. That if it's hefke, if it's out there in the public, it's ownerless. You're not responsible. You're only responsible if you have some ownership to it. So let's now learn the Mishnah. You spilled out blood. Uh, sorry, blood. You spilled water out in the street. Somebody got damaged. The din is the thing is that you are liable for causing the damage. We'll see in a minute what is this. This is boy or show what is it. Somebody went and stored a thorn versus or glass. Made a fence made out of thorns. The fence that you know collapsed in the public street. Others got hurt. You're liable for any damage that is caused. Again, it's your item. Now, these are things that belong to you, and you put it out there in the street. So, Omar Rav, Rav says, I hold that since it belonged to you, and it's still you retained ownership, says Rav, then it's like Shoyer. And if it's like Shoyer, so um, therefore you're responsible if you dirty somebody's clothes. Omar Rav, what are we talking about here? What damage did you do? The water. What is the boy here? What is the stumbling block? What is causing the damage? The water that I spilled. So the water dirtied somebody's clothes. I got to pay for it because this water is still mine. And um, and and even if I want to make it hefker, I want to make it ownerless. If I put it there, I can't then walk away and say, well, it's not my responsibility. If it fell there by accident, I could. But I put the water there. I threw it there. So therefore, since it was mine when I when I poured it, I can no longer make it hefker. It's my shirt. I'm responsible. But another interesting argument, Robert Shmuel, is when you create a hole in the ground, Rav says, if somebody falls in and gets hurt, why am I responsible? I didn't create anything new. The sand was always there. The wall of the of this pit that they hit, it was always there. What did I create? I am responsible for what I created. You know what I created? I created the stale air inside. Previously, there was a layer of sand there, and now I took out, I removed the sand. What do you have here? Air. So I am responsible if this air causes you damage. For the air, but not for the impact on the rock or on the sand, because they were always there. I didn't, in fact, I didn't even touch them. I just removed the sand that was around it. And we'll talk more about this in a few weeks' time. Shmuel, on the other hand, says no for both. 
I created the air, but I also created, I exposed this layer of rock or this layer of sand that wasn't exposed before. So I created them both. So now when you fell down on the water, you fell down the, in the water and you fell down on the ground, the impact, the damage came from the ground, not from the water, from the ground. Well, that's, and according to Rav, it's only the stale air, but this is level ground. I didn't create anything here. And they've gone to Rav, I'm, not, I'm exempt if a person hurts themselves. Forget about if it falls far away, even if it falls where the water is. So that's where my boy is. But the damage is caused not by the water, the damage is caused by the impact on the ground. But the ground, I didn't create, it was always there. So Rav therefore says that the person got hurt because of the water that I spilled, I am exempt. Alhu Atme Potter, the person who get fall down and hurt himself, I am Potter. Why? Karka Ulamizikosi. It was the ground that caused him the damage, not me. What do you mean? But the water itself. What about the water? The water mixes with the sand and it becomes like it becomes like mud. And therefore, also, it's the mud that caused him some damage. I did create something new here. And it's like cement. And it's mine, and therefore I should be responsible, sure, and I should pay. Says the Gemara, me um, who told you that the water didn't 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 disappear? The water completely disappeared, um, and therefore there's no longer any mud of it whatsoever. It all evaporated, all got absorbed in the ground. So there's no mud. So therefore the damage did not come from the water, it came from the ground itself. Why do we need, we had this previously just a couple of days ago, when we learned that if somebody broke a barrel in the street and somebody slipped in the water, and Rav said that the water is still yours, and therefore, it's talking about a case of the water is still yours, and therefore, he says that is sure. Same thing is here. So why do I need two different cases saying the same thing? Over there, a barrel broke, and here I poured water out. So we answer, one is the summertime, one is the wintertime. What's the difference summertime and wintertime? Because one of those times you have permission to pour water out in the street, and one of them doesn't. In the summer, you don't have any right to. Everything has to be clean. In the winter, so much mud there anyway, it doesn't make a difference. So we need to know that even at a time when you're permitted to pour the water out, like in the winter, but if anything happens, you're responsible. Time we learn. All of those cases that we learned, police can be saying you ought to open up the, let's say, the storm water pipes, regardless of what I'm saying, you ought to clean out the caves. In the summertime, you have no permission to do that. In the wintertime, you're allowed to pour the water on the street. But nevertheless, but if it causes damage, you're responsible and you have to pay. And that's why we need two missions. One mission is talking about summertime, and one mission is talking about wintertime. We had this yesterday. When is this talking about that you are responsible? If the, the fence, let's say, is sticking out into the street, and people, therefore, walking against the thorns, they cut themselves and so on. But if you bring them inside your property, like if you bring them inside your property, then um, you are potter. So it sounds like the Gemara first of the holds that you're um, that the only time that you are chayiv a buyer is if it's ownerless. But if it's uh, if it's inside your property, then you are the owner, and you are possible. We conclude a holds that no, a holds that a buyer even in the street is responsible if you're chayiv. So what's going on there? So how come if it's if your fence is facing the street, you're chayiv, but if you um, but if you bring it in inside your apartment, you know why? Because it's because when I I people generally don't rub themselves against a wall 
of thorns. So I didn't have to anticipate that you are going to scratch yourself against my wall, which is inside my property, but you're, you know, you have a right to walk right next to it. I didn't have to anticipate that. Therefore, I'm not responsible. But if I build it into the street, facing the street, then then everybody walks by naturally. You, you scratch yourself. You know, you walk near the wall. You're not rubbing against the wall because the wall is, 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 is fronting the Shusarabim. So I'm responsible. People cut themselves up. So what we learned. If somebody stores his thorns, the a piece of glass, the inside my friend's property. So the mazik, the, the, the cause of the damage will be the thorns if it ever falls out. And the wall is like a cover protection. Nobody gets hurt. And came along the owner of the wall, the Sasa and he demolishes wall. The Now those thorns are lying there in the main street. They can cause damage. Who's responsible? The one who put the, the what's causing the damage of thorns is the one who placed the thorns in the wall that caused the damage. So it seems unequivocal that he's the one who's responsible. But then Rabbi Yechon comes along and limits that. It depends. If the wall was a wall that was sort of very weak and you should have anticipated that the per, this wall is not going to last very long, then the person who stored over there the, the shard of glass or the person who stored over there the thorns is responsible. You should have put it there in the first place. However, because the body was a healthy wolf, when I put it there, I had no reason to think that it'll ever come out, that anybody will ever get hurt. Then the matzni is potter, the one who places is potter, but chai bala kaisel. The bala kaisel chai, because the bala, um, the bala kaisel should have informed the guy maybe with a, um, uh, he should have looked around to see if there's anything hidden there and removed it. Omar Abinavina says, what do we learn from there? What do we glean from there? From the, the case of the, of the poor situation of the poor wall the person who placed the thorns is responsible even though somebody and i used a cover of a wall which wasn't very good the person who broke the wall is not responsible the person who put the thorns there is responsible so this would be very similar to the following case reuben dug a hole in the street and then he takes the a cover a lid from shiva's house without permission and covers his hole shiva says the lid and takes it back and then somebody falls into the hole who's responsible reuben for digging the hole or Shimon for removing the lid. Now we can say this here that from this case we can learn out. The, the person who dug the hole is no different than the person who put the, 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 the thorns into the wall. If it's a bad wall, then the person who put the thorns is responsible. Here, the lid was not your lid. You had no right to take it in the first place. So therefore, the person, the owner, took the lid back is not responsible. From here, if you cover your pit with somebody else's lid, and the owner of the lid comes, hey, I want it back. Chayiv bal habayr, the owner of the bird is chayiv. So, isn't that obvious? Isn't that obvious? This guy dug a hole and took someone else's lid. Another guy wants his lid back. No, mountain. I would have thought hasmud lo have the yodelay delayde. Over in the case of the wall, the guy you know um, didn't know who he should say, who should tell about the, the thorns, and uh, and so on. He didn't know about the thorns. So therefore, we say the guy who placed the thorns there is total, totally responsible. <clears throat> Um, but here you see there's a pit and you're taking the lid away it's obvious that it's going to be damaged that it'll be, you know, it'll be um, possible that people are going to get hurt shouldn't you the owner of the wall have responsibility or the owner of the lid have responsibility to find the owner of the pit and tell them hey there's um, a pit here I'm about to expose it Come on, no, it's not his responsibility at all you had no right to take the, someone else's lid to cover your hole the early Hasidim they would hide their thorns with the glass, but the same inside their fields so they don't want to harm anybody. They would dig a hole in the ground three deep 
So they should let Yaakov Amachrisha shouldn't interfere with somebody's plowshare. Or Tesla actually says that we don't want the plow to eventually dig it up. Rav Sheish says, Shadul no, you should throw it in the fire. It's very similar to Gemara Nida that talks about nails that a tzaddik would go ahead and bury the nails, but a, but a chassid would burn it because a chassid would say that if you bury the nails, there's a possibility for it to come up over time. Rav is Shadul of Adiglas. You would throw them into the river of the Chideko. Omar of Yudah, of Yudah said, you want to be a chassid? There's a couple of, I will learn all the Gemaras about the Zikin, which is Baba Kamba, Baba Baba Basra. Learn these three Gemaras because um, if chassid means you're a mensch, a gentleman, you have to deal with other people. And therefore, you should learn that. Or just this very din, we just learned that a chassid would dig in the ground for him to bury the thorns. Rav says, you want to be a high man, you know, says, high man, the boy, you want to be a chassid? Learn of us, mild of us. Learn the entire mesechta of us. Because that's known as milsa the chassidusa. Or others say, learn in of us where it says, who's a chassid? Somebody says, shali, shalach, shalach, shalach. What's mine is yours, what's yours, yours. That's a chassid. And the third opinion is, I'm going to brachas, to do mesechta brachas, which is either the laws of brachas, like Bichanano says, or others say, it means a brachas that says either the early chassidim would spend an hour before davening to meditate and an hour after davening. That's what it means. What be a chassid? Do what it says in the sechta brachas. Or in the brachas, we learned a chassidim that, you know, there's a way of, of sort of circumventing the rules of giving maizah. If you bring it into the house with this husk on or through a skylight, you don't have to give maizah. But the chassidim would always make sure that they would bring it in properly without the husk on and through the front door. So that's what it means. Next Mishnah. Okay, so Hamoiti. Hamoiti is talking about Kasha Shalam. Somebody takes out a straw, different kinds of straw. The smallest, the biggest straw, less mature, more mature, into the street. Lizabolin, what did you bring it out for? Because you want it to turn to compost. People walk on it, and when they walk on it, 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 it becomes from straw, it turns into compost fertilizer, you can use it, which has adds value. But who's it been? Achan. While I was there, somebody got hurt. Chayiv ben Yisko, you're Chayiv in the Nezik because you really shouldn't have put it there. And the Cholakayim Mezachet. Also, we say that anybody who takes it can keep it because they have no right to put it there. Now, in the Gemara, we're going to have an argument between Rav and Ziri. What exactly can you keep? The improvements. For example, it turned into compost. Can I take it and keep it entirely, just the way it is, like Rav says? Or I take it. I look at the value of the compost. Maybe it's a hundred dollars now. But the straw, if, if it still remains in the state of straw, be worth fifteen dollars. So I got to pay the fifteen dollars back for the straw. And what I'm keeping is the benefit that you had from placing it in a public place when you should have you shouldn't have done it in the first place. Anybody places one of these objects in Shusharab, the Hezikan, he caused damage, you have to pay. So what's he adding to the Tanakhama? In one version, what he's adding is exactly what we just said. The Tanakhama says that all, all you can keep is, um, is um, the Tanakhama, all you can keep is the, the benefit that you know, improves in Shusarabim. And according to Rav Shem Gamlil, um, you can keep the actual, uh, the item itself. That's number one. And number two, he argues in the Kolakoyed of Behen says, that you, um, even at times that you have permission to put things in the streets, even though you have permission, you are responsible if anybody gets hurt. Uh, um, and somebody can take it. People can take it. 
You turn over dung in the street. Now, dung, we'll see later tomorrow, does not improve by being in the street. But <clears throat> you move it from place one to place two. And if you lifted it above three Tvachim, I now became the owner, so I'm responsible. Or even below three Tvachim, if I intended to um, to make it mine. But who's the one who got hurt? The one who picked it up or moved it is the one who is liable. Lema Masdisin, it seems clear that our Mishnah, the like Rabbi Yudah, our Mishnah holds you responsible, even though you're permitted to put things out there, is not like Rabbi Yudah. Why? Because Tanya Yudah says, Bishas it shows volume in its season when it's time to put out all these fertilizers out in the street. Otherwise, you can bring it outside, but make sure you collect it after 30 days, because then beyond that, it doesn't really improve. And then it's just a, a hazard. The purpose is that people should tread on it. It's like an arrangement agreement for Yeshua conquered Ergesro that these are arrangements between neighbors and people in the same city that you can do this and that. Says the Gemara, you have permission to do it. So if you have permission to do it, why would you be liable? Because I got hurt. Says the Gemara, I don't see the connection. I feel Tamar Yudik. Why can't there also be a Yudik who says you're permitted to put it there, but nevertheless you're responsible if somebody gets hurt? Might Rabbi Yudik who he's in Mishal much easier, but if you cause damage, you're responsible. Says the Gemara, what do you mean? But now we learned we had it before. Rabbi Yudik, Rabbi Yudik says, but Ned, that if you had a candle, um, Hanukkah, the candle Hanukkah, Potter, the candle of you know, we're talking about the camel there that's all that's full of uh, uh, flax and so on and so forth. And the owner of the store put a candle outside. The owner of the store is responsible because you have no right to place a candle there. But with Hanukkah, you're allowed to. So we see clearly that if you're allowed to do something, you're exempt if anybody got hurt. If nature bishus, my lama shumashus bezin. This is different. This is a mitzvah. The mitzvah mandate you should put it outside. That's why you're excused. But if it's time shows, maybe you're allowed to put it there, but you're still responsible. Clearly, why are you putting with the shoes of a mitzvah? All these cases that we said that you're allowed to play in his damage, you have to pay. And I'll be with the point of the patents. It says in this Bryce that all those things that you permitted to put in Shusarabim, fine, but you're liable. Rabbi Huda clearly says you're exempt. So obviously our mission is not Rabbi Huda. So no. Rabbi Huda said before that if it's a season of putting out fertilizer, you can put it out. So maybe you know Taki, and then if something happens, you're exempt because you're allowed to. However, in our mission talking about it's not the season of putting out fertilizer. Therefore, you are responsible. Says the Gemara, Rav Ashi, is a better. Another answer. Rabbi Yehuda is talking about putting out the soft things, which therefore doesn't really cause damage. Our mission is talking about you putting out straw, which is tough and slippery, and people slip and slide, and they get hurt. So therefore, because our mission is much more susceptible to cause or is, cause, is ready to cause damage, therefore Rabbi Yehuda says you're responsible. The Misharki is slippery. Then the Mishnah said, Kala ben Zoha, whoever takes it first and keep it. So this is the argument we mentioned before. Amar Rav, Rav said, Bain not only can you keep the improvement, you can keep the, the actual straw as well. Bain It's a penalty. I can keep the improvement. You had no right to place it in a public street. So if you put it in the public street, whatever benefit you have, we can take away from you. But the actual straw you cannot take because that uh, belongs to somebody else. The Micah Mitzvah, so what exactly the argument? Rav says, we'll penalize that you lose the, the straw itself. And Zidi Savazidi holds, we're not going to penalize. But in the Mishnah says, 
somebody you know, moves around the dung in the public street. Someone else got damaged. You're actually in the Nezik. It says that what? That you have to pay if anybody got hurt. But in this clause, the mission does not say, but you can take the dung. Why does the mission say you can take the dung? You know why? Because dung has no improvement. And you're not allowed to take the thing itself. You can only take the improvement. Therefore, there's nothing to take. So that proves that Ziri is right. That the only thing you can keep freely is the improvement in the street. So the ilu that you can keep whatever you took. So therefore, it does not prove because there's no improvement. That is the gemara, and the only thing you can keep is the improvement in the street. That is no proof. And you think Mishnah, every single case has to spell out the same thing. Tunnel the the safe. tells in the ratio, the same thing applies to the safe. That matter what he's talking about. It says in the bright it was only lost. So she gives us clue. You're not allowed to take the dung. So the Gemara says maybe Kitani asudim shungezel akula mastisikoy. Maybe what the Bryce is saying here that it's forbidden to take it is talking about person number three. Person number one puts it down. Person number two takes it and then improvement and keeps it. And person number three then wants to take it from person number two because he thinks person look you found it in the street. Why can't I take it? You're a Ghanif. That's what he means over here. Peak Tony, when it says Asudi Mishum Gezel, not because it's not you're not allowed to take it, but rather Kik Tony, Asudi Mishum Gezel, when it says Asu Akula Masnizika, you're referring to the time Mishnah, that that person who now took it can keep it, and if somebody else tries to take it from him, that person is a Ghana. But we didn't learn this way, we learned elsewhere that now we learned the Mishnah. Moitzi Tavnoi, we learn the Bryce actually. Moitzi Tavnoi, the Kasha Shuram, somebody takes out a store in the street, less of all in for compost. Who's the Behenach, Chai, as well, get hurt, Chai, Beniska, any damages. Anybody takes it and keep it, Umutu Shungezo. And there's no problem of stealing. But then it says clearly, Vahoipe has a Goloshram, but somebody turns over the dung street. Who's the Behenach, somebody got hurt, Chai, Vichai, but Osam Shungezo, you're not allowed to take it. So it says clearly here, you're not allowed to take the dung. And before you said that you're permitted. According to Rav, you can take even the straw, you can take even the dung. And the brighter clearly says you can't. So now the Gemara has introduced a new idea. That when do we penalize you that you lose, you forfeit your ownership on the straw? Where there's an improvement. And we need a deterrence to make sure that you never do it again. So not only do we take away the improvement, we'll take away the straw itself. But in the case of the dung, there is no improvement. So there's no the reason why you put it in the street is not because you expect any improvement whatsoever. So therefore, since you never have an improvement, we don't penalize you to lose, um, even to lose the dung itself, because there's no purpose. Golo Karamish, you're asking a question from dung to the case of the straw. Something which will improve. We decide to penalize the wise, he will destroy as well. Has no improvement. They did not penalize at all to forfeit the, the dung, and therefore you can keep the, the dung. Says the Gemara, you both have an interesting question. The Divrei Ha'imen, going to Rab, who says, that you will penalize, you lose the straw itself. Because of improvement, when do you lose a straw? Can somebody who sees the straw in the street take it straight away, or do they have to wait until it turns into fertilizer? Ah, now I can take it. La alta can see penalize you straight away. It'll be penalized you only when it improves. Because we asked the question on on Rab, 
from dung. And we said, look, how come dung you cannot keep and straw you could? And um, now, now dung has no improvement, which means we think that shot in the mission is that even something has no improvement, you can keep. And that's what we're asking a question. We're asking a question on 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 uh, uh, on Rob. Uh, sorry, there's no improvement. It says you cannot keep the dunk. That means there's a question of Rob. And therefore, if, if you hold that you can keep the dunk and you keep the improvement, sorry, if you hold it, you can keep everything, it seems it doesn't matter whether the improvement is there or not. Because Gola, we're asking, shouldn't the law be by Gola as well that you can keep it? And Gola will never have, Gola has no improvement. And yet we're saying you should keep the item the way it is. So when Rav said you can keep the straw uh, because of the improvement, it sounds like even before it, it was improved, even before it turned fertilizer, the straw in its current state, you can take it. Just like the Gemara thought dung you can take. But the Gemara's question says the Gemara of a teacher, does that make sense what you just said? When we asked the question of dung, that was before we knew what Abnachma said, who made a distinction whether something ever will have an improvement or not. But the boss of the Shon Abnachma, once Abnachma came along, and Abnachma said that no, there's a big difference between dung that will never have improvement, so therefore you can't take it at all. But straw that will have an improvement, you can you can keep the straw itself. The question goes back: when you take straight away, or only when it's uh, an improvement happened? So then, so that's the point. You can't ask any more about gold. You can't bring it in. It's a totally different story altogether. So our question you asked is a good question, and we have no answer. Says the Gemara, let us say that this very argument of Ramaziri, if you did something wrong, do we also penalize you that things you did right to get punished for as well or not, is an argument of Rameir and the Chachamim. What's the story? You're not allowed to lend anybody money uh, with interest. Obviously, a trader says you're not allowed to pay interest, and the trader also says you should not place a, a loan of interest in front of somebody. So, um, and and you did you put in the contract. There's, there's interest. There's a, there's a principal. There's an interest. So we penalize you. You can't obviously you cannot collect the interest. Um, it is an interesting argument if somebody did collect interest. You know, can he keep it or not? But um, we'll learn all about that in Eizah Neshech. But um, we hold. That uh, you should. You know, but what about the principal? You still pay the principal or not? So Congress Romero says we're going to penalize you. You made a loan with interest. Not only won't you receive the interest, you won't even receive the, the, the principal as well. Uh, a contract was written the uh, interest. Coins and ice penalize him. cannot collect. Collects nothing, nothing. But not the not the is that the contract is useless, but the loan is still there. No, the loan is cancelled altogether. We penalize you completely. There's no loan anymore. <clears throat> um, the interesting question what Tracer asks is um, why are we penalizing the lender and not penalizing the buyer, the borrower the borrower now, wow, it's unbelievable he also committed a sin in borrowing money with interest and not only doesn't he have to pay the interest, doesn't he have to pay the principal the mechaya. it's not fair, why are we penalizing only the lender not the borrower so he so Tesa basically says is that who benefits from this whole transaction? The lender. And then, and because of, therefore we have to penalize the lender to as a deterrence, he should never do this again. But but the labor, what are you gonna penalize him? He was um he can penalize what? To, to pay the interest. He was ready to pay the interest. He, he doesn't gain from all this, he's losing in all of this. So what are we gonna actually we're gonna penalize him? say, the principle remains intact. The part that's Aveda will punish you. The part that's not Aveda, we don't punish you. So this is exactly Rabbi Ziri. 
Rav said, we take away the straw from you as well. We punish you even the part that was all done. Proper, uh, that was, you know, was yours. As he said, no, you don't. So Lema let us say that Rav the Omakir Rebbe, Rav Hobe Merzid, Omer Rabbanon, Rav Hobe Merzid, Omer Rav, Rav will answer to you like this. And now I, who say that we we say the straws also have kids, I can even hold like Rabbanon who says that the loan is still intact. And what's the difference? I can't like Rabbanon who says that the loan is still intact. The loan itself is all right. The problem was not the loan, the principal. The problem was the, the interest. So therefore, the interest, the principal remains intact. But over here, the principal, which is the straw, is the problem. Why are you putting it in the street when it can cause damage? So therefore, the Rabban here penalizing. Is the Yidi, as he will tell you, I'm not the I can hold it to the Rabban. I will the I'll the Rabban. When does the mayor say that we penalize you lose the principal as well? The Mishask Siva. The moment you wrote the the star, the overlay summa, you already committed a sin. It's a sin. It's a sin paying the interest, sin collecting the interest. But there's another sin actually making the loan, writing out a contract, and in the contract there's a loan. You already committed a sin <clears throat> of placing a, a loan with uh, interest. So that's why we uh, we penalize you. You lose the the, the principal as well. Here, when you put it in the street, we're, we're taking we say be precautions or take precautions because you might damage somebody. But he didn't damage anybody yet, so nothing wrong happened yet. Talking about a lame, okay, fine. Face has an interesting question, but you know that um, a contract needs witnesses. A witnesses who commit a sin in the Torah is possible aides. How in the world, since the witnesses are equally culpable, they're involved in this loan transaction. How do we ever have a contract with interest that is, that's a valid contract? I need to cancel it. So Taze introduces an idea. When is it a problem with witnesses who commit a sin? They know it's a sin and wantonly they do it, so therefore you can't trust them. Over here, there are many people who think that if the borrower is willing to pay the interest, what's wrong? Why is it an Avera? They don't realize it's an Avera. <laughs> In that case, they can be witnesses. Then went further. Okay, Lema Kahani tonight. Let's say they're arguing the following tonight. The time we learn, Hamaiti Tavnei Vekishes Ram. Somebody takes out a straw in the street. There's Lizvoli for fertilizer. Vohuzik behen Achal. Somebody else got hurt. Chayiv Beniska. You're responsible. Cholakoyde behen Zocha. Anybody who gets it first is can keep it. But then it says a strange thing. Ba'asuri Mishum Gezel. You're not allowed to take it because of stealing. Which is very odd. You just said anybody can keep it, and then you say you can't take it. So we'll soon explain that. And Hashem Gamlul says, anything you put in the street, and it caused damage, you have to pay. Anybody takes it first can keep it. But then he adds, you're permitted to, there's no gazelia. So Hashem says, if somebody puts something in the street you shouldn't have, you can keep it, and there's no problem. And the Tanakhama says, you can keep it, but there's gazelia. What's going on here? For we don't understand the Tanakam. Amit, first you say, anybody can take the straw and keep it. And then for Hadakamri, as soon as forbidden, Mishum Gazel. So obviously, two different cases. This is how you read it. Anybody who's there first is Zoyche. Anybody who's there first is Zoyche. It's talking about the improvement. The improvement you can keep. But when you're not allowed to take, is Agufan, the straw itself. And then but also after the governor, he called Grammar Zakhi keep. Says you're right. According to Zidi, it says that we don't penalize you in the straw itself. Clearly it says here that according to Rashimgalil, you can keep the straw. So obviously according to Zidi, Rashimgal Ayatanakama. The Rav, but according to Rav, who says 
that we penalize you and keep the straw, maybe I can learn the Tanakhama differently. Who said they're arguing? Everyone holds that Mahadin, according to Allah, we're going to penalize you and you lose the straw because of what putting it out there and because of the improvement. But the argument is, are we going to tell that to people or not? Sometimes we have halacha, but we don't tell anybody. Way. The Tanakhama holds the halacha is, of course, like like Rav says, we penalize you, you lose the straw as well. But if somebody goes to a rav and asks the rav, can I take the straw or not? I would tell him no. It's gzela, not to encourage people to steal. And that's the Tanakhama. And Rav Shmuel says no. Lechatchila, we would tell the guy, go ahead and take it. How can you tell me Rabuna holds that it's a halacha that what you can keep even the straw, but when I can tell anybody, Rabuna went ahead and he made hefker chushli. Chushli are peeled barley that somebody put in the street that turned into fertilizer. And Rabuna says, everybody can keep it. And yet he said over here, Halacha ba'ebayin came. We don't tell anybody. We don't broadcast it. Then he once made hefker silikusta. He once made hefker the remnants of dates. Now says the Gemara. You know, you put it in the street. You shouldn't have to turn the compost. He said, take it. said and we tell the world. So that's what exactly what he did. who said that we don't broadcast it. You can tell me he changed his mind. Says the Gemara, yes. He did not change his mind at all. Over here, we're talking about a case where these people did it again and again, and therefore they were warned already. And in this case, if they're warned, then definitely we can penalize them and tell everybody so they should stop doing it. Okay, have a short talk.